So you have no sponsor, and it feels like everything's <laughs> out of control. You can't possibly, as one person, force this project to be successful. But here's what you can control. Your materials, your decision framework, your communications, your network, and the change plan itself. Hi, welcome to Change Out Loud, the podcast where change management intersects with everyday life. I'm Adnan Ali. And I'm Kara Sundar. So Adnan, I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but sometimes your project doesn't have a sponsor. I've encountered this. It's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Or you may have somebody that has the title of sponsor, but they're absent and you aren't getting the leadership you need to push things forward. But the challenge there is, you know, as change managers, we still have a job to do. And that's really where, you know, the rubber meets the road is how can we control the things we can control while letting go of the things that we can't. And you know what we can't control? Other people. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to talk about some different scenarios that our listeners might encounter and what they can control in those scenarios. So the first is... If you have an absent sponsor, but you have a culture of magnifying, where maybe you're working with a bunch of auditors or a bunch of people that care about the details, and tell me if this sounds familiar. You go to present a deck and somebody says, why did you choose that picture? Why did you choose that word? What do you think about the Oxford comma? And nothing is happening. (laughs) That is frustrating, but I have encountered it. Yes. Absolutely. The derailers. The derailers. So in this scenario, what you can control is your materials. So maybe choosing to forego pictures or find a format that isn't visual at all. This is just a very specific example. Um, Also creating a decision framework so that if you are getting caught in these cycles of conversation without any outcomes, that you're very clear about why you're there what you want to achieve, and then helping them make a decision. And keeping them on track. Because if you do have a magnifying culture, even if you try to step away from it, what you'll find is it'll creep its way back a little bit. So um, just remembering that it's not just going to happen. You really do have to remind people why you're there. And that decision-making framework that you have in place, you may have to talk about it a few times before they really get it. Absolutely. And maybe even start documenting those so that when they want to revisit some of the things you've talked Mm -hmm. about months ago, you can actually bring it back and say, well, on this date, we discussed X. And so we've moved forward. The next is if you have a culture that really likes new ideas, maybe you are a very innovative place, but your project doesn't have somebody to really anchor it in you know, this is what we're trying to achieve. It's just a lot of excitement. You know, that sounds wonderful, but as a change manager, it can be really, really hard Mm -hmm. because we can sell things quite easily in that environment. Hey, get excited about this. But then when things get hard and there's resistance, it becomes really, really hard to challenge. It does. And I think with the changes that are innovative and exciting, that initial excitement does wear off eventually. So it's really making sure that you have people in place to to support it when the time does get tough. So that can be a sponsor, but in this case, you may not have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. So is it uh, maybe a product owner or um, some of the senior level individuals in the business that are a part of user acceptance testing, whoever it might be, if it's not a sponsor, 
ensuring that you have a robust group of people there to at least support it and to keep that change alive because that excitement, it'll wear off eventually. <laughs> yeah, I call it the advisory panel. Yep. So people at that level who can help you make decisions and move forward and they might be more like subject matter experts than sponsors, but if you have the right people, you can still push forward. Right. So what if you have a culture of undermining where there's competing priorities, a lot of politics, these are some of the most mm, painful projects I've worked they on. They are. And, and I think the important thing is know who you are and who you want to be mm. before you step into these situations. Totally agree. So I think what you can control in this scenario is your own posture. Mm, right. It's setting those expectations. It's coming in and saying, this is what I require and making it really easy for people to either say, okay, or tell me exactly why you're not going to play along. Mm. This can be really hard to have the confidence, especially if you're a new change leader. But if you can position yourself that way, you can come in, be brief and targeted, create a communications plan that you mostly execute on the behalf of the lack of a sponsor in this scenario. And if you can find a deputy, like maybe you're a contractor and you can find somebody that can give you the inside scoop on things to help you avoid those potholes in the road, that's going to serve you really well. But getting that confidence and saying, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm here to execute on. And I I just can't be sidetracked by these politics. I I think that's exactly it. Know who you are, who you want to be, and don't get in the mix of it. Because no one wins in that situation. Politics, it's its not where you want to be as a change manager. You want to really be to the side of it if you can. And if you're in a scenario where you need to kind of prove why you're there, you know, mm. keep a great plan and show where the different milestones right. are and what you've been able to execute on. Don't rely on others to tell that story. Right. So next... I have also found this quite commonly. What if you have a culture where there's so much going on, people are distracted, nobody has the time or attention to spend on what you're there to talk about. You know, you just feel like you're speaking into the void. You can't get the necessary involvement from people to really talk about the change. So with this one, Kara, I think it's really important to paint the picture of why getting the right level of engagement is important. So what I've done is I've shown a plan, kind of the happy path, and that happy path is dependent on me having a certain level of engagement or key decisions that are made along the way. And if they're not met, painting the picture of, well, great, well, what are the contingencies then? If we cannot meet this happy path, where are some of our blockers? And how do we work around them? What are some of the cons of not having the right level of engagement. So I I think you almost have to spell it out for people of this is what happens if we don't have the right level of engagement. And if everyone is still fine with that, then that's what you do. You agree on the contingency. But I think once you paint that picture for people, you'll start to get the engagement that you need. Yeah, and finding some big impact uh, events maybe Mm -hmm. that might be appropriate. Sometimes swag is appropriate. I recently signed up for a conference, and just by doing so, they sent me a little item in the mail. (laughs) And it was so small, but it also made me really want to attend the conference Mm. because they had invested in me. And so it made me not see it at another meeting on my calendar. So think about the high-impact things you can do that don't require a sponsor. Is it swag? Is it an event? Is it... 
something where you're really talking about the why, or maybe even introducing a leaderboard, some kind of gamification. You're just going to have to get creative. Right. You're going to have to get creative, and you're going to have to use the time that you do get from people. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times in these organizations, they're not willfully ignoring your project. They truly don't have the capacity. So if you only do have an hour with a key stakeholder, really being mindful of what you're going to use that hour for and and keep everyone on track, I think that's going to be important. It's working around other people's schedules, um, but in a way that's effective. Um, And that's going to take, I think, some trial and error sometimes. You don't always get it right on the first try, but after a few goes, you, you tend to find a rhythm that works. Yeah, and if you're using their time wisely, they're going to be more likely to meet with you again if you need them. So on that note, there are cultures where people are avoiding change. Mm -hmm. It is this passive kind of fluid resistance that's sometimes really hard to spot. But then you look down and say, I've been at this for three months and I'm not getting any traction. (laughs) What is going on? I don't have a sponsor that can step in and wake people up or beat the drum. So what can you control? In this scenario, you can control the change plan. And so creating a plan that you can carry forward with minimal involvement from your leadership to get the word out there, to start building trust with a broader network, you're going to have to think more about targeting individuals at that grassroots level. And what's so frustrating about this is that's really hard work, Mm. especially if you have a large global audience where you may be not be able to do that. But getting yourself invited to departmental meetings, having a walking deck that you can share with a lot of people that say, hey, would you bring this up in the next Mm. meeting that you go to where we're talking about this topic? That's when your network's going to become really important to win that trust at the most basic level. Right. And I think you touched on a really good one. Get into those departmental meetings. So leverage the existing infrastructure that you that's already in place. So if there is that meeting get on the agenda, either you share or have someone share on your behalf, but leverage what's already there. Um, And and that's what you have to do versus trying to do it all yourself, which tends to be a bit harder. Yeah. So you have no sponsor and it feels like everything's (laughs) out of control. You can't possibly as one person force this project to be successful, but here's what you can control. Your materials, your decision framework, your communications, your network, what you measure, can also use measurement to hold people accountable right. when yep. there are things that are truly outside of your control. Your posture of leadership, how you show up, and the change plan itself. So it may be that your culture is some combination of these. I mean, you might have a lot of different things going on. So being willing to pull whatever tool out of your toolkit you need without making yourself crazy. <laughs> and then also knowing what is outside of your scope. So as a change manager, we often seek to deliver the best possible outcome for our end users, but that may not be possible based on the lack of leadership, what you're dealing with culturally. So focus on what you can control and walk away from the things that you can't. Other people's emotions, Mm -hmm. politics, other agendas that are happening, you know, you can't control those things. And so... You can set down some of that responsibility, but make sure you're doubling down on the things that you can control. Right. And and define for yourself what good looks like, Mm -hmm. because what good looks like will depend on the scenario that you find yourself in. But if you know what that looks like for you, you can at least plan and manage towards that. So listeners, have you found yourself in a scenario where you didn't have a sponsor 
or maybe that sponsor was absent and wasn't open to coaching, uh, we want to hear from you. Go to our LinkedIn page, Change Out Loud, follow us and give us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.